Let's talk arthritis. Can omega-3 fatty acids be our life preserve in a hurricane of inflammation? Keep listening on to find out, only here on the People Scientist Podcast. Listening to the People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 66, where every week I arm us with some scientific information so we can all lead the healthy lives we want to live. It feels really nice to have had a break last weekend for the July 4th weekend, but at the same time, I missed all of you. I missed working on the podcast, and I guess that is a good sign that I'm meant to be doing this because I love it. For today's episode, I got a special request from one of my best friends, Albie, to talk about the potential for omega-3 fatty acids to improve symptoms of arthritis. This is such a great topic, and we all know that I love to talk about omega-3 fatty acids as I specialized in this area for my master's and PhD. So without further delay, let's start off, as we always do, with some core takeaways. Arthritis is hallmarked by high levels of inflammation in the joints. Omega-3 fatty acids are thought to help resolve inflammation. So naturally, omega-3s were researched for their ability to lower symptoms of arthritis. Many clinical trials have been conducted to investigate this, and it appears that long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, specifically EPA and DHA, typically found in fish and fish oil, were of benefit. Doses greater than 2.7 grams every day for more than three months seem to reduce measures of stiffness, pain, swelling, immobility, and use of pain medication, and also improved measures of overall health for patients living with arthritis. It appears that omega-3 fatty acids may be most beneficial in rheumatoid arthritis specifically, and may be beneficial in other forms such as osteoarthritis or age-related arthritis. It is very important that if we decide to add omega-3s to our diet, that we also reduce the competing pro-inflammatory omega-6 fatty acids and also try to reduce our levels of oxidative stress so that we can give the omega-3 fatty acids a fighting chance. And we can do this by reducing our intake of fried food, sugary foods, reduce cigarette smoking, reduce intake of fatty meats, butter, vegetable oils like corn oil, safflower oil, and avoid cooking with vegetable oils at very high temperatures, as all of these things can potentially contribute to oxidative stress and inflammation. So now, let's get into the details. So let's start off with some fundamentals and start by talking about the fat that we eat. The fat in our diet can come from things like oils, butter, cream, meat, 
fried foods, fish, nuts, and seeds, for example. These are examples of food that contain fat. But fat is made up of fatty acids. Fatty acids are like the bricks, and the fat is like the brick wall. The fatty acids make up the fat, the bricks make up the brick wall. Now the fatty acids I'm going to talk about today are the specifically the omega-6 and the omega-3 fatty acids. Now we need these fatty acids as some of them have been deemed essential for our health, meaning that we need them to be healthy. But generally, we eat too much of the omega-6 fatty acids and not enough of the omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-6 fatty acids are really rich in fried foods, french fries, chips, ready-prepared foods typically, in vegetable oils like corn oil and safflower oil and butter. In general, it is suggested that we need to try to get more omega-3 fatty acids into our diet. Now, in regard to omega-3s, it is important that I take a quick moment to point out the three main omega-3 fatty acids, and those are ALA, EPA, and DHA. Now, ALA is found more so in plants like flaxseed, chia seed, hemp seed, and walnuts. EPA and DHA are the longer chain omega-3 fatty acids, and they are typically found in fish like salmon and sardines. But interestingly, DHA is also found in algae and seaweed, which is where the fish actually get their omega-3 fatty acids from. So just remember there are different types of omega-3 fatty acids. Now the reason why we typically get too much omega-6 and not enough omega-3 is you can see that omega-6 is just far more widely available in our food supply, particularly in the western hemisphere of the world. The reason why we want to balance out the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids is because of their role in inflammation, our immune system, our heart and blood vessel health, our skin health, and so much more. What we see clinically and in preclinical models is that higher omega-6 fatty acid intake may lead to a higher level of inflammation and poorer health outcomes. The reason being is that certain molecules called oxylipins get produced from the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. Oxylipins influence our immune system and how much inflammation is in our body. Omega-6 oxylipins tend to increase inflammation. Not always, but more so they do. Whereas omega-3 fatty acids tend to be the opposite. They tend to be less inflammatory. Or most importantly, the omega-3 fatty acids in their oxylipins are actually able to resolve inflammation. And the ability for omega-3 fatty acids to resolve inflammation is so important in the context of chronic diseases today. So that is generally why we want to try to consume more omega-3 fatty acids in our food, as inflammation is the root cause of so many diseases and conditions today like heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, cancer, and more. So we want to reduce this inflammation, and omega-3s might just help us be able to do that. So in the context of conditions where inflammation is a main cause of the symptoms, eating more omega-3 fatty acids has been investigated. So we are going to talk about omega-3 fatty acids in the context of arthritis today. Arthritis is the swelling and tenderness of one or more of our joints. The main symptoms of arthritis are joint pain, stiffness, and reduced mobility. This typically affects the knees, shoulders, and hands. The symptoms of arthritis are largely due to too much inflammation in the joints. So what controls this inflammation in our body? 
Well, a lot of things do. But Cora's last month had published some insight into what may regulate the inflammation in arthritis. They just published that in patients with arthritis, they tend to have lower levels of, you guessed it, the omega-3 fatty acids and higher levels of omega-6 fatty acids circulating in their blood versus individuals without arthritis. In addition, Valdez in 2018 observed that specifically the oxylipins that I mentioned that are produced from omega-6 fatty acids seemed to be associated with inflammation and osteoarthritis in the knees. Omega-6 fatty acids in their metabolites may worsen arthritis, as omega-6 fatty acids have the potential to increase the amount of pro-inflammatory oxylipins and can perpetuate things like monocyte transmigration across the cell membrane, increasing that inflammatory immune response. So the fatty acids in their oxylipins that I was talking about seem to be very much involved in arthritis. So if we can aim to balance that out by increasing the omega-3s and decreasing the omega-6 fatty acids, we might be able to reduce inflammation and symptoms of arthritis. So let's answer the question, can omega-3 fatty acids help with arthritis? The short answer is yes, it seems very likely. Many clinical trials were conducted to answer this question. People living with different types of arthritis, such as rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, or age-related arthritis, have all been investigated. Recently, many of these clinical trials were combined into a meta-analysis to finally have a final answer of, do omega-3 fatty acids have benefit? And the answer appears to overall be yes. For example, in the journal Nutrition in 2018, Specifically, omega-3 fatty acids added to the diet seem to improve early morning stiffness, the number of tender joints, it improves the pain scale, grip strength, markers of inflammation in the blood, and other overall measures of health and well-being. So they got that answer by combining together over 10 clinical trials. So let's dive into a specific clinical trial. A group of 58 patients with rheumatoid arthritis were given either 3.6 grams of the omega-3s EPA and DHA combined in capsules daily for 12 weeks or a mixture of other fatty acids as a control group. The omega-3 fatty acid group saw a decrease in the amount of time they experienced morning stiffness from 2 hours every morning before the trial to 75 minutes after 12 weeks of omega-3 supplements. So the stiffness in their joints in the morning seemed to reduce with omega-3 fatty acids. They also saw an improvement in joint tenderness index because it dropped from 10 to 8. And they also saw an improvement in their pain score because it dropped from 120 to 104. Whereas the control group seemed to worsen for a lot of those measures. Other trials have shown benefit for other parameters as well, such as grip strength and overall well-being. So omega-3 fatty acids do, see, do not seem to cure arthritis or be a magic pill but it seems that the omega-3 fatty acids seem to reduce the severity of some symptoms, which can be a big influence on people's quality of life, their mental health, and their ability to live life as they want to. So how much omega-3 is needed and for how long? Well, the amount of omega-3 intake ranged from 0.3 to 5.4 grams per day, typically across the clinical trials. Most trials indicate that benefits start to be seen at doses greater than 2.7 grams of EPA and DHA combined. It's very important to keep in mind that the benefits do take time to occur. 
As a minimum, generally, it takes three months to start to see an improvement in the symptoms of arthritis. The reason being is the omega-3 fatty acids have to build up in our body in order to shift the overall balance to produce less of those inflammatory molecules, and this takes time. Most of the omega-3s in these clinical trials came from fish oil supplements or EPA and DHA supplements, so not necessarily from food itself. A lot of people would agree that taking a fish oil supplement or an omega-3 supplement is a lot more convenient than eating omega-3 rich foods every day. But I would say the best case, case scenario is to do both. Try to incorporate some omega-3 rich foods into your routine as they have other healthful nutrients that can be part of a healthy diet to promote overall health. Other meta-analyses have been conducted where they specifically look at one type of arthritis. For example, in 2012, in the Archives of Medical Research, the scientists combined together 10 randomized clinical trials that aimed to see if omega-3 fatty acid supplements could reduce symptoms of specifically rheumatoid arthritis. Now, rheumatoid arthritis is a type of arthritis that is autoimmune, meaning that the immune system attacks components within the joints, leading to a lot of inflammation and wear and tear on the joints. Rheumatoid arthritis in particular can be quite a severe form of arthritis. So naturally, it is thought that if we reduce that inflammatory response by increasing omega-3 fatty acids and the anti-inflammatory oxylipins made from omega-3s, that maybe we can reduce rheumatoid arthritis symptoms. Well, this meta-analysis supports exactly that. The scientists noted that taking more than 2.7 grams of omega-3s per day for more than three months significantly reduced the amount of pain medication that the patients had to take specifically reducing their non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug intake, which is a really huge finding because if people are less inclined to take pain medication, then that means that they are in less pain. And if something as simple as an omega-3 supplement or eating omega-3 rich foods can reduce pain, that could have a huge impact on overall health and overall mental health and mental well-being as well because we know pain can have a huge impact on our mental well-being. And a lot of the clinical trials have shown that outside of just improving inflammation or improving pain, that there also is an improvement in overall health and mental well-being too. So is it just omega-3 supplements that have benefit? What about omega-3 rich foods? In 1996, scientists observed that eating more than two servings of baked or broiled fish may be associated with a lower risk of developing rheumatoid arthritis as well. So there are a few trials that have looked at not just omega-3 supplements, but food sources of omega-3s, but they just seem to be less common. The most common clinical trials looking at fish oil or omega-3 supplements. Interestingly, there are not as many clinical trials looking at osteoarthritis, but there are quite a few trials looking at adding omega-3 fatty acids to the diet of dogs to improve their symptoms of osteoarthritis. In dogs, especially larger dogs, osteoarthritis can be a very debilitating condition, preventing them from walking and moving around. And it appears that adding omega-3s or fish oil to their food can also improve symptoms of arthritis in dogs too. So now let's talk about the practicality of how we can add omega-3s into our diet. Because it appears that out of all of these clinical trials, overall there does seem to be a benefit in reducing inflammation and reducing symptoms of arthritis. Well, most clinical trials found a benefit for arthritis above 2.7 grams of EPA and DHA combined every day. So a good goal to work toward is about 2.7 to 3 grams a day. Some trials have gone higher than this, up to 10 grams per day, and some people may need to go above that 3 grams per day to see a benefit. 
But can we take too much omega-3? Yes, this is something to keep in mind. The thing is, omega-3 fatty acids can thin or our blood or have an anticoagulant effect or reduce blood clotting. Now, this can be a good thing in regard to our heart health, as this is actually one of the reasons that omega-3 fatty acids are thought to be heart healthy too. But thinning our blood may also increase bruising and may also increase blood loss if we cut ourselves because it could take a longer time for the blood to clot for us to stop bleeding if we injure ourselves. The blood thinning effect, though, of omega-3s typically is not seen under doses of 3 to 4 grams per day. So if you're eating or consuming about 3 to 4 grams per day, there should not be a significant concern. But if you are taking a blood thinner medication or anticoagulant, please talk to your doctor before adding in these, these omega-3 fatty acids as they may have to adjust your medication to account for the blood thinning effect of omega-3 fatty acids. Now, the most important thing I want to get across to all of us is that omega-3 fatty acids are able to work better if we also reduce our omega-6 fatty acid intake. And clinical trials have shown that there is an added benefit to this. This is really important. Remember, these two fatty acids are always fighting each other for the enzymes in our body. Omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids are each other's enemies. One tends to be pro-inflammatory, the other anti-inflammatory. And they compete for enzymes like cyclooxygenase, lipoxygenase, and cytochrome P450 in our body to be converted into oxylipins that regulate our inflammation. Now, if the omega-3s win and they gain access to the enzymes, this may reduce our inflammation and arthritis symptoms. A good analogy to explain this is it is like two dogs and two cats fighting for one bowl of food. If you add one dog to that mix, the dogs might have an advantage. But if you at the same time also remove one cat, so it is three dogs versus one cat, the dogs are far more likely to win and gain access to that bowl. So in the same sense, we need to remove some omega-6 fatty acids from our diet to give the omega-3 fatty acids a fighting chance. So how do we do that? Well, we can cut down on foods like chips, French fries, corn oil, safflower oil, fatty meats, butter, cream, etc. These things will contain omega-6 fatty acids like linoleic acid and arachidonic acid that have the potential to compete against the omega-3s and be turned into pro-inflammatory oxylipins instead. So we can replace these items with a healthier option like extra virgin olive oil, for example, which will not compete against the omega-3s. We can add more omega-3 fatty acid-rich foods like ground flaxseed, now make sure it is ground, otherwise our body cannot absorb the omega-3s from whole flaxseed. We can also add chia seed, salmon, sardines, fish oil, seaweed or algae, and omega-3 fatty acid supplements that contain EPA and DHA. Something really, really important here is please do not heat foods rich in omega-3 fatty acids to a high temperature, as this is likely to, to degrade the omega-3 fatty acids and oxidize them or turn them into lipid peroxides which we really do not want to have because that could have potential negative health consequences. So we should cook salmon and other raw fish, but keep in mind that fish only needs to be cooked to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. Some people are surprised and think that fish needs to be cooked to a higher temperature, but it does not. If you cook it above 145 degrees Fahrenheit, we are more likely to degrade the omega-3 fatty acids. So to further the point of oxidation and peroxides and how they can have a negative effect on our health. 
This can also happen within our body too, if we have a lot of oxidative stress. So it not, it not only necessarily happens if we heat oils or heat omega-3 rich foods, but it can happen in our body. For example, if we smoke cigarettes, if we're exposed to bad air pollution, if we have high intakes of sugar and fried foods, like I said, if we cook to a high temperature of oils like corn oil, safflower oil, peanut oil, canola oil, soybean oil, please don't cook those seed oils to a very high temperature as these things may increase our oxidative stress and may also make it harder for the omega-3s to do a good job. I'll give you another analogy that I gave in a previous episode. Imagine you are on a boat and a big storm hits and unfortunately you fall overboard and your friend throws you a life preserve, but the waves are crashing so hard that you can't access the life preserve and it really won't be able to help you or do too much in that hurricane. Whereas imagine if you fall overboard, but there is no storm. There's just some slight waves. That life preserve that your friend throws you is far more likely to be of benefit in that scenario. So omega-3s won't be able to help us much if we have a bad hurricane and storm of bad lifestyle choices. We need to look at our overall lifestyle and try our best to reduce cigarette smoke, fried foods, sugary foods, and reduce high omega-6 foods like butter, chips, some animal meats, corn oil, safflower oil, and more. In essence, let's give the omega-3s a fighting chance. And a few clinical trials have shown exactly that, that if we also reduce omega-6 rich foods at the same time as increasing omega-3, that there could be an added benefit. So let's talk sources of omega-3s and how we can incorporate them into our routine. Now we can find plant-based omega-3s that contain the omega-3 fatty acid ALA, like I mentioned earlier in the episode. We can find ALA in flaxseed oil, flaxseed, chia seed, hemp seed, walnuts, for example. And these are great sources of the omega-3 fatty acid. However, our body does not convert this particular type of omega-3 very well into the longer chain omega-3 EPA and DHA. And EPA and DHA omega-3s are the ones to have shown benefit in arthritis. So although these foods that I mentioned are very healthy, and the ALA itself has health benefits, and I encourage you to consume them, but keep in mind that they may not have as strong of a benefit against arthritis. The scientific evidence just supports the other omega-3s, EPA and DHA, much more. Fish like salmon and sardines are a good source of the omega-3 EPA and DHA. But to get the recommended amount of omega-3s seen in clinical trials, such as about three grams, we'd have to consume at about four ounces of fish every day. And this could be a good option for some, but may not be feasible for everyone. So we could eat fish perhaps a couple of times a week, but then also add some other sources of omega-3s. On the market, we can also find fish oil supplements. These have been studied in clinical trials and have shown to have benefit against arthritis. Fish oil is the result of processors cooking the fish, like sardines or krill, for example, and pressing the fish to extract the oil or fat from the fish. Fish oil will contain the longer chain omega-3s, EPA and DHA, which is good. Now, there are pros and cons to fish oil supplements. Fish oil seems to have less processing and less oxidation or lipid peroxides versus the other type of supplements I will talk about in a minute. So this is a good thing. Fish oil is less processed. However, fish oil contains other fats too, not just omega-3s. 
The other fats are mostly saturated and monounsaturated fatty acids. Luckily, fish oil is still quite low in omega-6 fatty acids, those competing pro-inflammatory omega-6 fatty acids, so that's good. But keep in mind that about 30% of the fish oil is going to contain the beneficial omega-3s. So keep in mind that if you purchase fish oil, you'd have to take about three times more of the fish oil to get the amount of omega-3s needed. So you'd have to probably take at least 9 grams of fish oil to get 3 grams of omega-3 fatty acids. So that would be maybe 9 capsules of fish oil or 2 to 3 teaspoons of fish oil if you buy it in liquid form. And I do think that consuming fish oil is a good option too. And try to store the fish oil in your, in your fridge to protect it from oxidation by heat and light. Now if we eat more plant-based, we can also consume algae oil. The reason why fish contain omega-3 fatty acids is because they eat algae, which contains omega-3 too. So some companies are starting to extract the oil and omega-3s from algae too. I think that algae oil might also be a really good option for us to increase our omega-3s, EPA, and DHA. The next type of supplement we can find are omega-3 supplements that specifically have EPA and DHA fatty acids. Now these are more concentrated which is the pro or benefit to taking these type of supplements. As the companies have taken fish oil or algae oil and extracted and concentrated specifically the omega-3s and removed the other fatty acids. The benefit to this is we can take much less than fish oil or algae oil. Here you might be able to get 3 grams of EPA and DHA in about 3 capsules depending on the product. So it is easier to take. The negative aspect is because it is more processed, it appears to be more prone to oxidation and to contain peroxides, which is bad. In truth, this is a big issue with omega-3 supplements. In fact, many trials after testing over 200 omega-3 supplements deemed that 50% of the supplements in Canada and 28% of omega-3 supplements in New Zealand exceeded the limit for oxidation and peroxides in omega-3 supplements. This is an issue as lipid peroxides and oxidation can have a negative effect on our health by increasing inflammation, so they could negate a potential benefit. So how do, we how do we avoid that? Well, if we purchase EPA and DHA supplements, we should look for high quality products. For example, good quality indicators are seals from US Pharmacopeia, NSF International, GOED standard for purity, or a label that says third party testing for purity. These are things to look for on an EPA or DHA bottle. Otherwise, fish oil supplements seem to have less likely to have oxidation and peroxides as well. They're less concentrated, but maybe less likely to have peroxides. Or just look for that third-party testing for purity. Another thing to avoid is omega-3 supplements in ethyl ester form, as they are harder for us to absorb and also seem to be even more prone to oxidation and rancidity than omega-3s that are present in triglyceride form. You can find out this information on labels of any of the supplements. Also, always remember to check the expiration date on omega-3 supplements and to consume them before the expiration date. And if you can, smell the product for any measures of rancidity and make sure that it also contains an antioxidant like vitamin E, also called tocopherol, or a rosemary extract, or vitamin C, also called ascorbic acid, in the omega-3 EPA DHA supplement. Some companies will argue that phospholipid forms of the omega-3 fatty acids are superior, 
But to be honest, in the clinical trials, specifically in patients with arthritis, many different types of omega-3 sources were investigated, including fish oil or triglyceride form of EPA and DHA, and they all seem to be adequate to benefit arthritis symptoms. So that is a wrap, my people scientist army. I hope that this episode was informative and useful for all of you. In brief summary, yes, it appears that increasing omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA in our diet can be of benefit to reduce symptoms and reduce pain medication usage in patients with arthritis. The evidence is strongest for patients living with rheumatoid arthritis in particular, but there could be benefit to other forms of arthritis such as osteoarthritis and age-related arthritis as well. Omega-3 fatty acids seem to benefit arthritis by reducing inflammation and increasing the concentration of oxylipins that are inflammation-resolving. If we want to add omega-3s to our diet, we have some options. We can add omega-3-rich foods like sardines, salmon, algae, or seaweed, which contain the omega-3s EPA and DHA. I mentioned other plant sources of the omega-3 ALA, like flaxseed, chia seed, and hemp, which are healthy foods that might have benefit, but their omega-3s appear to be not as effective as the long-chain omega-3s EPA and DHA found in fish, seaweed, or algae. We can also get omega-3 fatty acids from fish oil or omega-3 supplements, but just remember to look for high-quality products that have purity testing. Check for those expiration dates and maybe store those products in your fridge just in case to prevent any warm or heat-related oxidation. Remember, in order to give the omega-3s a fighting chance, it is really important that we also reduce our omega-6 fatty acid intake and reduce our oxidative stress by limiting our intake of fatty meats, fried foods, chips, french fries, and sugary foods to try our best not to overcook the sources of omega-3 rich foods so that we don't oxidize those healthy fatty acids. Otherwise, our omega-3s will be like that life preserve in the hurricane. They won't be able to help too much. So I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I look forward to meeting you back here at the same time and same place next week on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.